the show, Vicki and Michael. Tell Thank me you. where y'all moved from and where to. Uh, we moved from Los Angeles, which we lived in Rancho Park area, which was kind of adjacent to Beverly Hills, Westwood area in, in Los Angeles. Uh, and we lived in a, in a condominium for 30-some years. Um, before we got married, I was actually from Chicago, and and Vicki, I met her in Los Angeles, and we uh, started a business there that we ran for some 30 years in Los Angeles, uh, downtown called the California Market Center, which is the garment industry, and we had a showroom there for for uh, those 30-some years. And uh, in um, 2012, we finally decided when the business had taken a downturn as the garment business had for many years, we decided to uh, get out early and um, thought at that time options of where we could retire, which were outside of Los Angeles or California, which would be prohibitive for a lot of people to retire in in the current economy and sought out a place which was the first criteria was actually the weather. So how could we move from Los Angeles where we were spoiled for uh, so many years with the beautiful weather? What would be a transition that we could live with that would be the most like L.A. in climate-wise? And uh, I basically Googled climate, and this showed as the number two place in the world for the best climate. So then I further investigated that. The other one was in Nigeria. And that at the time that was wasn't happening. not something I'd present <laughs> to Vicky that she would say, oh, yeah, let's go. Uh, so uh, I, Mexico came up, or Lakeside, as they call it, Lake Chapala. And uh, from there, I just Googled myself into oblivion with YouTube videos and rental options and uh, medical uh, insurance and uh, basically the perfect place to retire that we could land in one place and not keep investigating forever um and but that was a transition going to another country but um mexico was so close and where we're at is only 45 minutes from guadalajara which gives us the ability to travel back to the states uh very easily as if we were living in los angeles so it was a it was a pretty smooth transition so he did all like the investigating like and i went along for the ride and the first <laughs> when we came to ihihik may 1st um, I remember coming over the hill, seeing the lake, and I said, okay, this will do, and we have never looked back. Never looked back. So did y'all own your condo in L.A. or rent it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We owned, okay. it. owned it. So you did pretty good when you sold that. Well, yeah. we did, yeah, but uh, obviously in the 2008 time, uh, it came back slowly in 10, 11, and 12 it had come up to a level that we said, okay, this is uh, before things change again, let's let's do this thing. We sold it at the right hour, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> gotcha. So this decision, it would be fair to say, was mainly a financial decision to move. Um, it was that, uh, financial, and I think it was quality of life in the sense that we wanted to go someplace that had a, had a vacation feel to it, but to, you know, some place it was kind of it was almost like paradise and you know there's a lot of paradise in the united states but you pay a premium price for it but sure it, was, it was definitely financial when we came when it came down to it from an aspect of okay we're in our early 60s 
how can we get out now with what we've got and what we will get by selling our condo and everything and let's plan out with uh the next you know 25 to 30 years being uh you know realistic and what kind of a budget could we could we live on that we'd have to uh, to, to to get by and still live a, a nice quality of life but um you know the the transition in, in anybody's mind is come on we were we were living in you know adjacent to Beverly Hills for 30 35 some years and um we were a little spoiled you know to be honest Not bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah well, that's... It, uh, it, it was a it was a, a pretty realistic confrontation of, of lifestyle change but but not that big of a change really when we got here we said okay we can for what they offer here and what we've got it it's not LA and we don't got the sushi and we may not get the pizza yeah but other than that it's pretty cool that's good yeah well this is good because this is um what I think a lot of people when they start doing this is they're in, in a similar situation now you got the benefit though of being able to get home really quick some people don't so mm-hmm. we'll get into that some as well but did you do any research with international living magazine yeah i i subscribed to it uh, probably about a year before i uh, we we moved here and did they uh, mention it, this it place had, in particular at any time uh yeah it did but it also mentioned ecuador it also mentioned you know panama it had all of them what were the top 10 this year what were the top 10 last right. year what you know, but it, when you got down to the top ten, okay, nine out of ten of them had extreme humidity changes. Uh, right. You know, whether we, just, we first thought we were going to go to Puerto Vallarta, but then when we investigated, you know, the change of the season and how it, it affects computers, electronics, refrigerators, and the humidity and what the heat does to a lot of your uh, a lot of lifestyle changes, including yourself being in heat. We said, man, well, what else? And that's kind of how we we took a left and wound up at IHEAT because of, of that. But international living was helpful on a broad aspect. But then you had to kind of, you know, make a decision of which would which were. But, and I, what I've been amazed with, I must tell you, is I've probably met five people from Ecuador who hmm. moved there, bought property, and that was their first choice. But they ended up coming here or had been here and came back here. Because it offered uh, a much broader based lifestyle than that, but Ecuador okay. was the the other option that was very popular. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I look at the magazine. It just they seem to leave out stuff, and that's some of the things I'm going to ask you about. But uh, I love reading it. But it's you know it sounds too good to be true sometimes, and there's so there's questions you know that I like asking. I'm not looking for the negatives necessarily. I want to I want to hear everything, and they I don't think they share everything. But I do like the magazine. Um, I agree. So, you're you're from Chicago, though. I mean, you, I guess 30 years in LA, you just kind of forgot how cold weather, you know, could be. And well, maybe you just didn't want to go back. Is that yeah. what? Seemed to be yeah, really I went into back the weather. For Christmas, but you know, in '82, uh-huh. when I got the opportunity to go out there, it was like, oh wow, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. This is great. What an opportunity. But I still, um, I'm still a Chicago guy. I'm going back, you know, in June. My whole family's there. Uh, and it is still, I think, the prettiest city and the nicest people in the United States, so I'm biased from that. But it's really changed in 30 years. When I go back, I'm, like, overwhelmed how it is. But it's but it's uh, the weather. Yeah, I kind of – when I went back, I was still pretty pretty frightened of how to drive in snow. It uh, 
took a while yeah. to get used to. You get pretty spoiled in L.A. You, you pretty much, as I've said to a lot of people, in L.A., all you do is get up in the morning and say, okay, I put on a T-shirt and I go outside. You live in you know, half of the United States. You have to get up five hours early and go, is it raining? Is it snowing? Is there going to be traffic? How long is it going to take me to get there? Do I have to wear boots, glasses, gloves? My car is going to start. There's a lot of stuff that makes you have to confront life in Chicago than does in California. Uh, I got you. But, okay, so um, let a, you mentioned family in Chicago. Uh, that's a topic they don't talk about much in IL. So how hard was it to leave? Do you have kids or any kind of family where it was a problem where they thought you might be crazy or you thought you would miss them too much or you might have to go back? I think you know, everyone, little... everyone thought we were crazy when we told them we were moving to Mexico. Oh, absolutely. Every, you know, everyone talks about the crime, and there's far more crime. I mean, Chicago's got more crime than any city in the United States. Um, people talked about crime here. Michael's family is much bigger than mine. Mine was basically a mom and a sister. And now they're gone, and I just have a niece. We don't have children, so we don't have the ties to the to a country, so to speak. But I will say that there have been times in the four years that we've lived here that I have wanted to see my niece and wanted to get in the car and go see her, or maybe get in the car and go in a shopping mall. Things that that certain amenities that are in the United States that don't exist in Mexico, but. The lifestyle itself is—it's unbelievable. I mean, it, there's there's a bond of family. There's we actually live in a very unique pocket here because you know when you move to another country, you have to factor in do you speak the language. Michael and I have taken Spanish for four years. We know more words today than we did yesterday. However, I would not say we are um, that we speak the language fluently. But we live in such a pocket that there are more Mexicans that speak English than there are Americans or Canadians that speak Spanish. Okay. What What about your? Would your niece not be excited about coming to see you in Mexico with great weather and everything? We have had in the four years that we've been here, we've had one friend that came to visit us. Okay. That's it. And they actually wow. are of Mexican heritage. So <laughs> it's just it's people people do not have a. Um, I don't think they have a very, very positive viewpoint of Mexico. You know, yes, there's Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta is not is not typical Mexico. You know, going to going to going to the beach cities, they're, they're playgrounds, they're vacation spots. Living in a vacation spot, um, I think it's not necessarily a vacation. It's not spot. a vacation spot, and it's not necessarily it's it's not slanted towards the youth, so to speak the way a Puerto Vallarta would be. It's more of a party city. So it's Ahihik is sleepy. And if you're young, sleepy is not what you're looking for. Well, I, right. I and I had never I had never been to Mexico before in my life. Neither had I until we moved here. That and we came here for a week before we made it decided to move here. But it was that um I think we were that confident in in who we were or the changes that we were gonna yeah. make that that was this was a good move, but it's funny. I I also have not been back to the states in four years since we got here. I oh wow! Gone back anywhere? No. And I was back once when for my for medi- for right. medical, right? But my I, sister passed away, so I went back to the states. But but I don't I, miss it. No. I don't miss it at all. And uh, and it's odd how really relaxing or retirement is, or IEEE in general is, 
that you really become kind of, uh, I don't mysticized. I don't know, the time just stands still here. It just goes by and goes by versus our lifestyle in L.A., which a lot of our friends that don't have not come down to visit us, they're they're stuck in the in the circle, the circle of the of the go to work and got, you know gotta earn a living and, uh, and rush hour traffic and all that. That disappears down here, so you almost become you almost put the brakes on your life, and it becomes a like you really take a look around, and you kind of lose that. Oh, I gotta go back to the states, or oh, I gotta I gotta do this, I gotta do that. You have to have that in in the states, or we did for thirty years. We were go go go. 12 hours a day we worked sometimes a month at a time straight all weekends in the business that we were so we, we really made a, a a big change and to, to tell the truth going back and, and driving on the 10 in los angeles now would scare the <laughs> hell out of me <laughs> but i did it yeah every day i got bet do you have a beach there yes yeah, well not a beach we, we live on a lake we live, lake chapala is the largest body of water in mexico other than the mm. ocean it's not something that you're going to go swimming in, but you could, you know, it used to be you could water ski on it years ago, but um, not more so kayaking. It's more can, bird can, life than, yeah. and it's, and it's, uh, and it really, it, uh, as I had said, it, it keeps the temperature 10 months out of the year at basically 75. There is two months of December, January, where it goes down to the fifties and there's May and June where it goes up at the 85, but the nice. other eight months, it's 75 and sunny. I mean, nice. I, the thing that I've learned in the four years is there, 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 there are different types of retiree people. You know, if you have, if you have a healthy marriage, you take your healthy marriage wherever you go. If you don't, and you're coming here to save your marriage, I've seen a lot of marriages that don't last because it, you know, you take your drama with you wherever mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. There are people that are, um, yeah. there are people that have families, you know, children with grandchildren, and there is definitely that pull. So you have, there are, I find that the people that really don't have children and they're not pulled back to the, to the states have a tendency to acclimate better. They become, they, they live a happier life. If you're, if you're pining to be someplace, the place that you're at is never going to be happy because you're always looking to be someplace else. But he had, he had asked if we had children. We don't have children, mm-hmm. so it was really easy for us. But a lot of people down here that still have grandchildren or children, they buy two- and three-bedroom homes here with the expectation that the family's going to come down here and visit with the grandchildren and everything. And many of them have been disappointed that, you know, for whole families to come down here with their kids and everything to travel just to visit grandma and grandpa, it's, it's a lot of money uh, So the, uh, for a lot of people. So a lot of them have been disappointed that their families haven't come down to visit them. But but the beauty of it is it's easy enough for them to go back to most of the states. So when I say Guadalajara, Guadalajara is three, three hours to fly to Chicago. It's three hours to drive to L.A. It's basically three with an hour change to fly to Florida. So it is a pivotal centerpiece airport location for us to be to get anywhere we want, even better than we did when we were in L.A. Uh, because it, you know six six hours drive to New York, fly to New York. So well, some like, of the reasons may be because they um, they can't leave the rat race. You know, some of these families to come see their oh, yeah. mm-hmm. their uh, grandparents, they, they can't leave it. That's I what, mean, you know, that's what they talk about a lot in, in IL and other things I read. 
is that you know you you all of a sudden your lifestyle is completely changed, which is good for your health and all that. And we'll we'll touch on that. But I want to, um, since we're talking about family, have you somewhat? I know it's not blood related, or whatever. But developed a new family there, or a lot of friends that are uh, expats or locals. What's it like community wise for oh, you over there? Very much. It's very community driven here. More friends but, here than we did in, yeah, in exactly. California. Yeah, exactly. Far more. And actually, there's times where it's like, no, we can't, Michael, we're not going out this week. No, I want to stay home and just kind of veg at home and enjoy the enjoy it here. I mean, we, we sit in our living room and we have a huge panoramic view of the lake and it's like I pinch myself. It's like, wow, this is nice. You know, and I would I would I would say the only thing that sometimes I miss and what I'm looking forward to going back in June is I have a Jones for certain foods. You know, Mexico, you think, is, you know, um, the food is not bad here, but it's it's almost like Omaha with the, with some hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Right, but the family, the friends and part of it is a big deal. But, well, we're tired now, so we have a lot more time to obviously right. make a lot of friends. But, it's, but it is an expat community that's been, uh, was started here somewhat in the 70s by Canadians, so this whole environment down here has been going on for 30, 40 years before we came here as far as developing to to an American expat community. Mm-hmm. But the real beauty of the friends that we've made here or the families or the family that we don't have is, is it's the – and this I didn't realize when we got here. and we, we had no idea. But it's the Mexican people that's the big payoff about moving down here because they are really kind. They're open. They, their families, we've become friendly with them, their family, and their children, to which half of them we can't even speak Spanish to, but we still <laughs> communicate with a lot of smiles. It's, it's really a very natural feeling that, that came about that we had no idea. We were, you know, we were scared a lot, a little bit, you know, Mexican people, are they going to like them? The, we're Americans and with all the drama that goes on, but they're, they couldn't have, couldn't be nicer, couldn't be kinder, couldn't be more helpful. They are a fantastic people to whom has been dramatized by a lot of the, the stuff that goes on in the States. It's really unfair. 99% of them are great people, just like 99% of the American people are great people. But that's the 1% that people might get a little mixed up on. But we've been blessed for the Mexican people. And what I will say you know, there's there's crime anywhere in the world. I find that the Mexican criminal is extremely polite. They <laughs> will not rob you when you're home. They only, you know, they'll case your house out. And if you happen, you know, if you if you have a a pattern, they'll figure out the pattern and they will basically get into your house and take from you what they can sell very quickly. Computer, whatever. You know, your computer, your television, your jewelry, your cash. But very rarely do people break into your home when you're in it. And they're not there not to harm you or anything like that. So yeah, they're and, not. And the flip side of that is, oddly enough is that most of that comes around in November and December when they need when the money. When it's Christmas time and they they're looking for money to buy presents for their family. It's a it's a you know, it's an economy thing that exists here that they do it almost for desperate need, not to take and take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. They just need something to help them in their life. And it's it's almost like you forgive them before they do it because you know that they need it. Mm. <laughs> have you been robbed? No, never. But we never. have friends that have Nothing major or nothing crime-driven or assault-driven. Gotcha. It's only done when people have gone way out of their home and mm-hmm. people take a computer or a television. That's all they take. 
And they never, yeah, they don't talk very about rarely the- do they steal your car because the actual, the penalty for stealing a car is quite severe here. You know, yeah, it's like a long nine time. years in prison. Nine years in prison. Automatic. So, you, don't, you oh. know, I've actually left my car running, not knowing it because I have a smart <laughs> car and I'm the idiot driver. And I come out and it's, you know, an hour later and the car's been running and someone could have gotten in the car, you know, pushed the gas pedal and off they went. But they, very, I've never heard of anyone's car being stolen. That's a long time just for stealing a car. Yeah. Well, so it would be safe to say, uh, obviously, with retirement, you have more time to make friends. But if you weren't mm-hmm. retired and you were in the same pace, similar pace in L.A., that you would have made as more friends over there than you would in L.A.? No. No, because what happens is you're in the race. You know, like you go to work. I mean, we get up, we go to work, we come home, and then, yes, okay, fine, you saw your friends on the weekend. But sometimes you were so damn tired from doing what you had to do from Monday to Friday that come Saturday and Sunday, you just really wanted to regroup to get back on the horse again on Monday. Shame part of the shameful part of a lot of what, you know, we were in the garment business, we were in a profit-driven business. A lot of the people that make friends in, in the States, sometimes it's for profit, it's not for friendship. And here <laughs> There, it's, that doesn't exist. There's no profit to be made. We're, we're retired. To be made. Everybody's not out to be friends to take advantage of the other one. People retire here health-wise. You know, their health is bad, and medical care here is is amazingly cheap in comparison to what it is in the United States. And so you've got friends that are going into the hospital. Your friends are taking you, picking you up, or they're, they're coming and they're house-sitting for your animals. You know, it's quite a network of people helping people. Very? I had I had two stents put in in Los Angeles in 2009. My bill at Cedar Sinai was $186,000 for four days with intensive care. I had two stents put in in Guadalajara in 2014, and my bill was $8,900. So there was so did insurance pay for the sum of it in L.A. or you had to pay that out of pocket? I paid it out of pocket here because my insurance. My insurance, no, I'm sorry, I did not. Mm-hmm. My insurance paid it here because I had uh, catastrophic insurance, but my insurance paid paid it fully in Los Angeles. But that's the difference. If you don't have money and you had to, right. and you didn't have insurance and you had to have a medical procedure, that it actually is affordable. It's a thir- it's, it's actually a third or less of what it would cost for the same procedure in the United States for most procedures. A lot more. That's a big difference. Eighty nine hundred, hundred eighty thousand. So health wise, right. though, if you got four stents already. You have heart disease. If you go over there, uh, a lot of the talk is in IL and other places that you get healthier because you walk more, you eat better. Of course, you're not stressing as much. Uh, have you yeah, found I, I, I unfortunately have uh, arterial uh, disease. So that uh, that in itself, the doctor told me when I got him in 2009, you're going to need more stents in the future. So just be oh. prepared for that. They did the minimal of what they needed there. But, no, it is it is healthier, and it is it is uh, a much – I haven't gained weight. I'm still the same as I was there, you know, so it, it, it's healthier in a lot of respects. But the medical part, fortunately, I've had several other things done down here. But it's – you know, we're half an hour from Guadalajara, so the, every major hospital you would, would want is here available and uh, surgeons to do everything you need. So and Vicky had some dental work done down here when we first got here. What cost us – 24000 Well, it was Fourteen thousand dollars total here would have cost us some sixty, sixty-five in in the states for the same. So you have insurance there, though, right? It's, uh-huh. it's, or is it the government health care? How does it, how does that work? 
it, there's two different there's two different types of insurance here. There's what they call um, offshore insurance, which is private insurance care, and it's usually underwritten by policy, by United Healthcare in the United States. So, and then there is the government, um, which is uh, what they call Seguro Popular, which is like our Medicare in the United States. Let's put it this way: our insurance for our health insurance in the United States costs us close to five thousand dollars a month. For the same insurance, we pay six thousand dollars a year. Here. Here. <laughs> okay, so and you're doing the you're doing the United Healthcare. You're doing the government one. It's the United Healthcare. In other words, where Michael, um, there's two different types of insurance. One is called Best Doctors, which is um, an insurance policy that was that's underwritten by United Healthcare, and it's mostly it's a it was a group of doctors out of Harvard, and they started the policy. And then there's another policy called WEA, which means Worldwide Expatriates. Um, that WEA is a major medical where everything is covered. Best Doctors is a catastrophic plan where it has to be something that is catastrophic. And the word catastrophic is fined by the insurance company, which can be a little weird. So if you needed a, if you needed a pacemaker, that's not catastrophic. Uh, but if you need a dents, it is. So you basically are responsible for your deductible, and then the insurance kicks in and pays the balance. Were you worried or concerned any that because you had a history of heart problems and had two stents that you would be able to get insurance when you changed countries? Mm, didn't, didn't Michael know. didn't think about that. Didn't know. Uh, yeah. No, and we. I think the first the first two things we did when we moved here is we bought a car, and we bought and we bought health insurance. I th- I think that people people that move here from Canada have a different they have a different perception about health insurance. They're pretty much spoiled as they have national <laughs> insurance in Canada, so they're a little stunned knowing that you have to pay for it. They don't realize that they are paying for their health insurance in Canada because it's coming out. It's it's socialized medicine, so to speak. There's a certain there's a certain Access, contribution yeah. that but you're paying. So did we with social, with right. Uh, Medicare? But. Right, but it's just different. So Americans really get you better have health care because if you don't have a, a limitless bank account, it's not pretty if you get sick and you got to pay out of pocket. Sure. How does it work for the locals there for the Mexican people? Uh, Mexican people are covered under the their national health care, which is Seguro Popular, and it is a IMSS. or I well IMSS is it's kind of the the wealthier Mexicans have a tendency to buy that, but the people that are the workers that you know like people say Mexicans have no work work ethic. Well, they're wrong. They usually have three and four jobs in order to maintain a lifestyle, and they have national health care, which is the Seguro Popular. But it is a very stretched to the max system. So you could you know you could actually lie in the hall waiting for your arm to be set for a, you know for 24 out 24 to 48 hours because the emergency that comes in if it's more severe than what you come in with they take the one that's the worst case sure you know. interesting all right so did you guys rent are you renting down there do you own your place we rent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah did you do that based on advice that you'd read or you just wanted to do that well some we uh, when we looked into it, uh, having sold a condo and living in the same place for 30 years, we didn't want to buy anything because we didn't want to be strapped down to any any location, especially in a new country. So we decided we're going to come down here for the first year and we're going to rent. And when we did that, we decided why would we buy? Because basically we've we've moved to four different.
different locations in four years. We lived down in the village, or we lived in down in La Foresta, which is a beautiful big community with a pool and a big house. That's how we started out at $1,400 a month rental, fully furnished. Then we went to the El Dorado, which is a, a gated community here, which was a fully furnished, beautiful home. Townhouse for $1,100 a month. So we came down a little bit in rent with a, we had a, has a health facility and a big pool and everything. Then we decided we wanted to live the experience of the Mexican village. So we moved down to the village and we got a place for $800 a month within the village fully furnished. So that was a little cheaper because it was in the village. And we lived amongst the, the local Mexicans and it was a great experience with kids and dogs and everything. Then we decided... But okay, it was too wanted, noisy. Oh, well, so. <laughs> yeah, at times. So then we decided we want to move up the hill on the mountainside and have a better view of all the lakeside. So we got four different perspectives of living here. But in the answer to the big question is, a lot of people buy homes down here, and they get a home for 150000 to 300000 or even higher if they want. And that's nice for them, but we don't have children. We don't have family. So we wanted to rent a place. We, we're liquid with all of our money. Our money isn't tied up in anything. Plus, the quality of the home you could find down here between 800 and $1,100 a month rental fully furnished is unbelievable. I mean, it's like living in a $3,000 place in, in California. Easily. Easily. So the money, the, the power that your money goes for here renting is like, why do I want to tie up in a house? That's for us. Anyway, a lot of people have a different different view. They want to, they want to tie their money up. They want to make, they want to have a real estate presence down here, but that wasn't for us. So it's a, it's a lot of different. The one thing that you got down here is you've got a lot of characters with a lot of different, a whole big life behind all these people. So everybody's got their story that they come down here with and their life. So we all have a lot of different choices. But the good thing is all the choices are here. So you can go, go the way you want. Well, how tough is it? I mean, maybe because you retired and moved. I mean, I, I can't stand moving. I mean, moving once mm -hmm. a year, all your stuff, do you do yeah. you're minimalist? Just get rid of all your stuff, pretty much, when you moved over there. And so all you got to do is pack up your clothes, pretty much, and head over. Yeah, we we basically sold almost everything we owned, except for our art and a lot of things in, in L.A. And at the time that we did that, when we put all of our stuff out in front of our condo on uh, at uh, in L.A. at Beverly Glen and Pico, and we made <clears throat> the money that we made from that, we said, why the hell did we have a business for 30 years? So you just put stuff out in our lawn and it made great <laughs> money because the, the people that lived in the neighborhood had a lot of money to spend. So it was like a free business. But no, we, we came down here with very little, so we'd be mobile. But this fourth move, we found a place where we, we were going to probably stay for a couple of years or more. But the, but the one thing that you come down here you don't want to do, in my opinion, you don't want to buy a house because – You've got to live a couple of different places to say, okay, oh, I want to buy a house. Now I know where I want to live, and I know the changes. There's a there's an expression here. People live in five places before they find the, their dream home. Exactly. The books and IL and all, they encourage you to rent first to make sure you're going to be comfortable with it, just the whole, the mm -hmm, whole experience period. But mm -hmm. that's a new take on it about finding the exact spot in the place. That's that's good that you've had all those experiences and got to see you know, five, four or five different places already. That's awesome. Moving isn't fun, but I have to say yeah. that there's something – and people think I'm really strange. There's There's something really wonderful about waking up the first morning in a new house. Exciting. It, it's, you know, and you make your first cup of coffee and you're standing there looking at all these freaking boxes you have to unpack. And what, how am I going to make this, how am I going to make this place look different? They got and, a, and they got a couple of moving companies here that basically cost us 
nothing. I don't know, two hundred dollars to move all <laughs> wow. our stuff from one place to another. You know, three guys they do it in the morning, bang. You set up your time and that's it. unbelievable. They, there's everything here. They've been doing it so long that uh, you're really spoiled. You've got you've got nothing is a drama down here that you can't kind of take mm-hmm. care of. They're building a couple. What about of the prices? No, they're obviously the rent's good. What about other things? Food and other uh, uh, clothes items that you buy. Do you get stuff? Uh, do you come forget back to the shopping? States? Get forget shopping. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, if you want to shop, you go to Guadalajara, okay? And, yes, mm-hmm. there's, there's centers there. But, you know, it's being, Michael and I were in the garment industry for 30-plus years. So clothing, I have a different perspective on it. Basically, my Neiman Marcus is Walmart down the street, which is enough to drive me crazy, okay? But <laughs> if I really need something, then it's off to Guadalajara, and it's like H&M or Zara or Pullin' Bear. But you don't, you're not shopping. But I, you know, as I sit here and I watch the news, all Macy's is closing, Wharton Taylor is closing, this one's closing. So retail is dwindling in the United States. It hasn't really even blossomed here. Mexico City is probably the closest thing to a metropolis for fashion. Guadalajara is not. But, you know, when you're retired, I don't need anything anymore. I mean, it's basically, I don't wear shorts, but I wear leggings and T-shirts and dresses and skirts and flip-flops. I mean, what do you need? Yeah, certain things. What, what is what are the prices like though for that? If you did want to buy some leggings, let's say, is it going to be the same prices as the United States? No. No. Well, understand. Well, it depends on where you buy them. You know, if you're buying a, nothing is the same prices in the United States. However, there are a lot of stores that are, you know. Uh, chain stores that exist in the United States, and H&M exists in the U.S., and Zara exists in the U.S. So there are certain things that are imported, but they're not necessarily imported from the Orient to the U.S. and then to Mexico. They're direct imports from Mexico or India or whatever. So you're not you're not paying you're not paying a tariff that's comparable to to the U.S. So. Yeah, if you're getting if you if it's a twenty dollar pair of leggings, it's a twenty dollar pair of leggings. What about you food? And well, a lot of stuff from Mexico comes direct from China. All right, stuff exactly. that comes from direct from China to to Cal or to the states and then comes here, then it's more expensive. Right. Like I've got a pair of Gap sweatpants. That Gap that is if I buy a Gap here, cost me twice as much as a pair of sweatpants that come directly from China. Right. To my local Mexican chain store, which is called Pull and Bear. So I can get the same quality of something for half the price. Here, it's a kind of a status name. You buy it Gap, and you know it's not it's not Prada. It's Gap that sometimes can be a little bit more expensive <laughs> to the common Mexican person, mm-hmm. not the the people that have money. They don't care. What about food in restaurants? Yeah, that's that's tough. Restaurants uh, restaurants we're fortunate to have some good ones here because we have large expat community that supports them. You know, we have two hundred restaurants. Yeah, and then we have Guadalajara. We have tons of restaurants. But if you were in, you know, if you were in a small Mexican town, you know, 20 miles from us, they don't they don't have any of the restaurants that we have. But the the quality of the food sometimes you might have issues with. But there's there's a lot of them that are that are really good. But there are things that we miss here, like sushi and pizza that I mentioned before, that aren't up to our standards there. But you'll go shopping. For instance, I'm making soup the other day, and I need time for the soup. By time, I mean a, a spice. A spice. And I went to the store and didn't have it at Walmart. I went to another store and didn't have it. But Vicky, I can't find this. So there's, sometimes you're going to run into stuff that you might say would be a snap in the States. 
but you hear you retired. See, I spent a half a day, half a day looking for time. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> what about the prices, though? So if you go to a restaurant, is it reasonable? And you know, like like when you go to Ecuador yeah. and Panama, they talk about how the fruit's so cheap and this type of thing. I mean, what what other savings are you seeing over there compared to LA besides but, property? I would say this much. I, I expected the. Fish and the fruit to be much different than it is. I was. I wanted to be enamored. I'm not. I'm not thrilled with the fruit here, um, and I'm not necessarily thrilled with all the different types of fish here. The one because it's not necessarily fresh. It's coming in from the ocean to Guad, and then it's being brought here. So it's not something that you know, go down to the local fish market and get it. It's different. It's like fresh frozen, so to speak. Um, there are a lot of Italian restaurants. I mean, in my opinion, I actually thought that we had better Mexican food in California than we do here, but it's just different. In other words, the Mexican food in California is Mexico is a Mexican that came in, made Mexican food with a little bit of a California twist. It's like the pizza in Italy. You go to Italy and have pizza it doesn't have sausage. Right. I, I'm from Chicago, so I go, what the hell is this? They don't have sausage on pizza in Italy. Well, they don't serve it that way. You know? I mean, it, it's just it ha, it has been. I mean, a, the, a tomato sauce here in an Italian restaurant. The tomatoes are different. The water is different. It does taste different. You do, but after a while, you acclimate to it. Is you know, to pick up and move to another country takes a great deal of confidence and patience. Okay, the first day we moved here, we were out of water in our home in La Foresta, to which I called my the realtor who rented the place, and I said, what's up? There's no water in the house. And she says to me, did you go in the backyard and check the ahibe? And I said, what the hell is an ahibe? And she said, well, that's the water tank in the ground in the back of the yard that, you, that fills up. Well, I, I'm from L.A. All I know is that during the frost, there's water. It's an ahibe. So we learn from day one, it's like, okay, we deal with propane here. It's gas on the roof. We have that every month. We deal with water, which gets delivered uh, purified, or you buy water at the store. So there's all these these things that accumulate back into the into the level of, of lifestyle and living. But the one thing where, where you said, well, are things more expensive, or how are these restaurants? We got here, the peso was 12 to the dollar. Here we are four years mm-hmm. later, and the peso is 18 to the dollar. So if I look at my my financial income or my retirement money, okay, basically since we got here, I didn't know it would happen, but it did. It went up. I, I got 30% more value in my money. Mind you, things have gone up in price here along the way, but still it's it's relative to how much things cost once you average out your monthly expenses. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, that's another thing that you don't – you can take a crapshoot, you know? What's life going to yeah. change it to be? And it uh, and it did. We're lucky. What about taxes? The United States, you're getting Social Security or stuff like that. Does mm-hmm. the United States taxes you obviously? Does Mexico take some of it? Not no, a, no, no, mm-hmm. not a cent. Not a cent. Not a cent. We pay, you know, we pay 16% tax here on everything that we buy, like plastic and things like that that are taxed here, or Coca-Cola and just like things are changing in the states, how they tax certain. Uh, luxury items they they do so here but they've only done it since we got here but they've had to as a government to try to improve the lifestyle of Mexico by getting a hold of their tax system here which they didn't didn't really 
several years ago, kind of try to get a more control on the government as to people who were avoiding paying taxes completely here. Now they have a much more regulated computer system that's tracking people and their taxes. So it's benefiting the quality of life that they're able to provide for the Mexican people. Because we, you know, we, we maintain an American bank account. Mm-hmm. We write ourselves a check to our Mexican bank account to fall within how much you can bring into the country every year, and you live off of that. We pay our rent on an annual basis so we can get a break on it. You get far more bang for your buck or bang for your peso than you would in the United States. So it's it's, it's quite sweet. Are you permanent residents now? Uh-huh. We mm-hmm. just became permanent. Yeah. In how October. hard was that or easy was that? It was a slice of cake. We came down in May. The first year we were temporal. Then they then you renew your temporal. You and then for three after three years of being temporal, you grandfather into a permanente. No biggie. No, I think okay. the cost with the lawyer and the paperwork was uh, maybe thousand dollars. Thousand dollars total for both me and Vicky become permanent residents. <laughs> it's easier for a couple to retire here on Social Security than it is a single person. I mean, from the aspect of, you know, your average Social Security person, if that's all that they have to live on, you know, runs in the in the fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar area. Right. If you figure rent, you find a place for seven hundred bucks, and your utilities cost you two hundred bucks. That's nine hundred dollars. Then there is or a thousand dollars. Then you figure that your other thousand dollars that's two hundred fifty dollars a week for you to live on to go out to restaurants or to buy food i mean it it's it can be tight for people but but it's doable on a much more but ima- level here than it is in the state yeah but imagine a woman who's you know she's she's alone. now she's alone right. and her social security is eight hundred dollars a month that's hard to do in the United States well it's hard it's to do here too but but it's yeah. it, but it's doable here. But a woman mm-hmm. that is getting eight hundred dollars a month, and I know I know people that have done that. I mean, I had a sister that her Social Security income, based on because she was a waitress, you know, they're in it, the way they they record their tips and everything. Her Social Security check was was just shy of eight hundred dollars. I mean, I thought she lived in poverty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, eight hundred dollars here, yes, it's doable, but it's. As far as she would have lived better here on 800 than she did in the United yeah, States. I think I don't. You've done more research than I, but I think the probably the most affordable city that they say may be to be able to to retire on if you've got little income is like Arkansas. Uh, probably I think is number one. But you know, you go up and down that. How many people can move off to Arkansas uh, <laughs> when they're living in in uh, Coral Gables, Florida? and uh, yeah. make up that change and move and, and change their life. Very difficult. Yes. Now that you know the math and you've been over there a few years, could you have pulled this off earlier and retired at 55? Yeah. Well, yeah. We weren't yeah. far from that when we retired. Well, we probably could have done it more before that, the 2008. I mean, yeah, we'd have been before the, the house and the business and everything. Yeah, we could have done it, yes. Okay, but so anybody you, here in the United States, that live in LA, here is added on. Yeah. yeah, I got you. They could probably probably could do it. So, what about? Are there any laws over there different from here that have concerned you or shocked you? And uh, one of them being like, what about 
guns over there? Is that something they have, like they're obsessed over here, or is that a no-no over there? No, you don't really see it, and it really doesn't exist within the, uh, you know, the cartel element that might exist, but you, we don't really experience that here. People do have them, and yes, it, there is crime. But not anything that I've, that we, have I heard a gunshot or anything? No. Um, there was a, in Hokokotepec, which is about 20 miles from us, there was some drug dealers that the police came into town and took care of fairly quickly. And there is crime that exists, but rarely do we hear anything about any gun assaulted. Right. If you uh, don't, the, the cartel is not interested in the retirees in, in Ahihi. We're not business to them. We're not business to them. You know, the drug addicts, yes, that's, that's business to them. And there are, you know, drugs are, drugs are prevalent. Marijuana is prevalent, okay, big time. But you're not, you don't necessarily, like, what, what you, like in the States, they're giving you hydrocodone for pain and stuff. You don't get mm-hmm. that down here. Yeah. Because the cartel mm-hmm. pretty much owns the, the monopoly on that. And well, the that, prescription drug business down here is, is it's boy, different. really controlled. It doesn't exist down here. It's after. far more controlled here than it is in the United yeah. States. You can't get half the... So is marijuana thing. legal there? Uh, no. No, it's not no. legal, but it's pretty prevalent. It's up for it's up for discussion in the state governments, but they're reluctant to act on it. Just as So what about any freedoms? I mean, you know, America's land of the free. Have you given up anything or noticed anything that, that you can't do over there that you would like to do? That you like doing over in the United States? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. I haven't even thought of that. No. <laughs> so I guess no. <laughs> no I <laughs> there you go. I, in many respects, I feel like I'm on the right side of the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you get – I got you. Can you get wine over there, good wine? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. La Vino Americana. It's right on the Carretera. Very <laughs> nice. All right. I mean, the only thing we haven't done – we haven't driven back to the States. We're going to do that in July. So I haven't had the experience of driving across the border or uh, driving on the highways of Mexico that that may concern people coming here or going away from here. So that'll be a new experience in a couple of months. But I haven't. all of our friends have done it. It's been no problem. So it's I'm expecting none for myself too. You know, we have of recent we've read that there's a bit more crime at the border towns, like mm-hmm. when you're crossing. You know, so yes, somebody driving across the border with their computers in their in the back in their back seat or whatever, it's possible. I don't know. Yeah. We haven't been. We we did not drive here. We had a, a moving company move all of our stuff. We flew in and we waited two weeks for our stuff to arrive. But we were in most of the homes that you rent here are what they call tenant ready. So, I mean, you've got everything you could possibly need right there in the home. That's because they rented, they, everything is furnished here. One of the things that we found is that we have some of our, we have some furniture that, you know, there were certain pieces, certain antiques that I wanted to have and our art that I wanted to have. And when we rented places, we had to make sure that we could take, we could put nails in the wall and put our own art up. And you want to tell that to the to your so the, landlord. The things that we kept, or the things that we would tell people to keep, is you can move into a rental and you can make the house yours by keeping those things that are that special to you. So although we have rentals and they have furniture and everything, we brought all the stuff that makes it seem like our old house. So we're very comfortable wherever we move. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm running up. About four minutes left, and okay. I want to hear some of the three things, I guess I would say. 
likes, dislikes, and some of the things that were different than what you read about in, say, International Living Magazine, you know, that kind of shocked you maybe. So likes, dislikes, never, and shocks. I never read the magazines, okay? So I, I had nothing – there was nothing – Michael was the one that did all the research. He made, a, he made a loose-leaf binder of all the things to expect. I would say the only thing that maybe might be disappointing is if I want to – on a Sunday morning, I want to get in the car and drive to a mall and go shopping – some, this, you know, something that's very much a lifestyle in in, in the states. That's what you do. There, we, we're not close to that. I don't not. I don't like driving in Mexico. I don't like drive. Well, that's not true. I don't like driving in Guadalajara. It's a, it's a city that it's everything is a glorietta. You know, it's like you know, it, it looks as though it was designed after Paris. For God's sake, it's like it's too many circles to drive. So Michael is the one that drives. We got lost many many times when we came here. That's disappointing. Sometimes the food. I would like. I want. You know, a hot dog. You know, hamburgers are fine, but hot dogs you can't find. Well, you can find them. But you not. can find they're not great. And so shopping, the um, trying to. Oh, everything. You have to be patient. In Mexico, you really need patience because if someone you make an appointment with someone, you've got to be the dog that won't let go of the bone. The guy tells you they never want to tell you no. They're going to come, and they don't come. So you have to lean on someone to get something done. Or he comes the next day. Or he comes the next day. Mexicans never want to disappoint, so they always want to say yes to you because that's what you want to hear. But the yes isn't real. So it's like, are you really coming? Is this an American time or is this a Mexican time? Because if someone says they're coming to you at 12, 1, 1 maybe they're there. So you learn patience. The things that are difficult or should be difficult are very easy. And the things that are simple can be very frustrating. Other than that, I don't miss the United States one bit. No, we, and the, the, we have cable, uh, we have satellite television down here, which basically gives me WGN in Chicago or KTLA in Los Angeles. So we're communicate, we're connected to the states in every manner uh, that we could need. Either a movie theater is two blocks from our house that costs us a dollar. Right. Not oh. 15, not 30, but a dollar for a beautiful theater, and it's fantastic. But the, the satellite television, once again, as far as Netflix and every channel you'd ever want. So it almost seems like we're really where we were. It's just not as congested. Or, uh, and even if it is a little busy here, it's because it's a, it's just a great place to come. You know, like there are times that, you know, you, you lose power here. Yeah. You know, it's that's, – it, That's a drawback. That's, that, yeah. that's a drawback. So you want to you really you really want to be a happy in your house, you know, you and your husband. And because what happens is when the power goes out, there is no TV, there is no light. Hopefully it goes back on. Sometimes it could be off for a day. Sometimes you may not be able to have water. So you're not taking a shower for a day or two. That happens. But it ain't as bad as the earthquake in LA in right. 93 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, we got power outages here in Alabama. What about internet? Is it solid? It sucks. But, you know, we get by. It's fine. It's getting better. Okay, excuse me. Michael (laughs) cannot speak to that particular subject because he was never never a techie. No, but sucks is a bad word. It's a bad word. But let me just put it this way. My Internet speed is 2.3 Mbps, okay? That's pathetic. Uh, Once again, we're retired. We're not running a business here. 
and and so hopefully soon, you know, they're they're actually working on fiber optics very close to us, so that will help. And that's nice. But okay, so the internet goes out, or let's say I want to download or, or stream a movie. I can't right now, so I'll wait. But you know, there there's a lot of people here that are they do they do remote work. You know, so they're based at my girlfriend of mine. She works full time, so she, you, there are pockets where the internet the speed is better. The higher up mm-hmm. the mountain you are, the worse it is. So you want to you want to have a good view. You're not going to have good internet. So the view is much more important to us. So I, I deal with it. You know, so I take. So what would have taken me an hour to download in LA could take me 12 hours here in, in Mexico. But it's coming along. I it's mean, coming. In the 90s, they didn't even have cell phone service here. So look, it's serious. It's you know, it, it's a few years behind, but but still, it's years ahead in other areas. Gotcha. Tell me, what is the best thing you like about being over there? Oh man, weather. The best thing is if you if you have a good marriage, it's better. No, but there's a calmness here that that I I can't explain. That just even if if it's it's just quiet and you just look out there, it's there is no crime here in in Lakeside. I mean, all that Mexican border stuff and everything. That element doesn't exist here, so we feel safe. We feel calm. We feel blessed. And people around us are all good. Neighbors, everyone is so much more helpful and helpful helpful to you and your life and your friends earnestly. There's no phoniness going on here at all. That whole thing that, like I say, had to kind of exist to, to live in the States a lot of times, I found it just doesn't exist here. So it's, we're pretty blessed. All right. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it so much. Thank appreciate- you on the show and it was very interesting very helpful maybe we'll do it again oh. sometime y'all got plenty to talk about it's good stuff well, okay. come, on, come on down and visit alright I might have to do that you kind of got me excited about that <laughs> alright <laughs> All right. All right. have a good Thank rest you. of the weekend Thank bye-bye. you. Okay, bye-bye. wondering what's for dinner discover a variety of easy delicious meals you'll love at the fresh market make dinner for 2 in 15 minutes with our market meal kits or try our crowd pleasing meal deal for 4 visit the fresh market nearest you today